everybody, and welcome to Storm the Castle. My name is Josue, and this is my brother, Brandon. Hi, everyone. I hope everyone is having a beautiful Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. You get the gist. It is a very... Every day of the week is. Yeah, it is a somewhat sunny day out here in Louisville, or I used to call it with my Wisconsin accent, Louisville, Kentucky. Uh, I'm excited to come home, to be honest, Brandon. Oh, I, need, I, I need to um I need to get my accent back. I feel like I started saying things and doing things that aren't Wisconsin-y. And I'm like, oh, I need that back. We'll knock it out of you. Thank you. We'll... It Perfect. won't fly up here. Yeah. Well, so last Not week's episode was pretty uh, heavy and had a lot of information. And it was kind of... You know, t- the movie had a lot to talk about today's issues that are still going on, by the way, and still yeah. uh, a lot of work to be done. So that we kind of made it a one-parter, <laughs> two-part episode. Yeah. There's a two-part. Well, now it'll be two-part. Yeah. And so this is going to be our part two episode of The Hunchback of Notre Dame, or Notre Dame, depends on the part of the country you're from. And uh, we will just kind of, we'll finish up this movie, and yeah. Let's talk about kind of, it. Let's chat. Yeah, so we left off, we're just going to hop right into it. So we left off in the movie where Esmeralda uh, has made a fool of Judge Frollo and has gone inside Notre Dame and she has claimed sanctuary. Well, Captain Phoebus follows her in there and they claim sanctuary. He like tells her to claim sanctuary. So she thus cannot be, um, be arrested. And so then what happens is once this happens, she starts talking with the uh the bishop that's there and they have this like hard heart conversation and uh i remember in the last week's episode i was telling you know saying that it reminded me of victor hugo who wrote this and les mis and les mis where the bishop shows compassion to the outcast and that's what we have here as well where the bishop talks to esmeralda and she you know it says like why do these people persecute you know who we are and whatnot and and he kind of explains to her and then he leaves her and then uh we get these people in the church that start worshiping uh, God and praying. And then there's a picture, or she looks at a painting. Uh, it's either a painting or a statue of the mother, mother Mary and um, baby Jesus. And then she starts her prayer of God help the outcasts. And uh, I think this is very powerful, uh, especially where she says, you know, um, in the first line, she goes, I look at your face and wonder, were you once an outcast too? And the uh, very obvious question, or very obvious answer to that is, yes, Jesus was an outcast, very much so. And so we see that where he, she relates to Jesus in this way. And uh, what I like about this song, though, is that we hear the um, the prayers of the people in the church asking for fame and wealth and all of that. And then Esmeralda, she kind of jumps in at the end and says, I ask for nothing um, but just for you to help my people and for, and for safety, that's my prayer is. And so you kind of see the prayers of, you know, almost superficial prayers, which I suppose the other stuff's not necessarily wrong, but I think comparatively to what Esmeralda is praying for, it's obviously priorities and just the mentality, uh, of people praying. And then after that, um, we get her meeting Quasimodo and they're up in the bell tower and then, uh, he helps her escape and uh, she gives him a pendant, which is a map to where they're hiding. And she's, I think she says it's a map, right? But we know and, uh, and then, 
She says that she um she she said it's a map, but he doesn't get it. <laughs> oh, yeah. oh no, it's not later, but it is a map to the yeah, city. It's a map yeah. to where they're hiding, yeah. where the Romani people are hiding. Yeah, because she uh, says something weird like, you know, look at this and you'll you'll find me. It's like, what the crap does that mean? Yeah, right. But then what you find out. Do with that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they have given me the little to no provision whatsoever. So I turn left, right. turn right. But yeah, no, it is a pendant that it looks like just a little triangle thing, or what do you call that shape? It's a sh- like a, like a, it reminds me of a, uh, what is those shoes you walk in the snow? Not a boot, snow a snowshoe. Snow no, 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 a snowshoe. Snow. <laughs> no, a snowshoe. It looks like a snowshoe. Uh, right. You know what I'm saying? And 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 that's where there's a cross on it, which is obviously Notre Dame. And uh, and then the city, yeah. But uh, yeah, and then he helps her escape. Uh, and then after that, we get to probably, I mean, the darkest or one of the darkest second darkest villain uh, songs. In the end. Oh yeah, I mean, it's pretty messed up. It is messed it reminded, up. It reminds me of Sweeney Todd too. That yes. one because I went and saw you and Sweeney Todd about three years ago, and I sat through a three and a half hour performance because I love you. And then but, um, what's the he's the judge but he essentially he, he's into his into adopted daughter and is beating himself for it like he's whipping himself and praying to god uh with this sin but he clearly does not understand the concept of taking it upon himself and saying this is a me issue instead of right. the other person what is and very common and i think in you know abuse of any kind or it's i think um I think one of the lines is like he's like it's not my fault it's hers like, she's the one mm-hmm. making me do this and it's like okay no that's not how this works at all and you need to take personal responsibility for yourself yeah i learned some self-control it has nothing to do with her it is all you and that's the thing what's so evil and wicked about him uh, and people like that is blaming their own problems on other people and thus they think that gives them the ability or the right to go and cause crimes against other people because of themselves. And, uh, it's very, it's very obvious here. You know, he wants to have yeah. relations with her and, uh, and, and it's, and it's interesting cause you do see the fire and then he's back, he's praying t- uh, to mother Mary, which is kind of interesting. Now I think about it. How fun. Right. Because, because Esmeralda was praying to, but she was more, she was praying to Jesus though. Right. Cause it was, well, but it was a picture or it was a statue of, Mary and Jesus that she looks at. He's probably I don't know. Praying it's interesting. Um, he's probably praying to. I think I think he's praying to well, Mary. It is Mary, you know? though. Yeah, yeah intercede for him. Yeah, exactly. Which it's um, which I think that he. I don't know what I'm saying. Yeah, they're both praying to God, but that, right. It's, One's really messed up, and the other one is actually coming from a sincere heart. What is interesting to see the psychology behind Frollo's, Frollo's thinking, because he thinks that he's in the right, like, no matter what. Right, and right. that is so bad. Just don't ever get to that point of your life that, you know, if I'm getting in trouble, it's because that person's causing me to sin. Right. It's like, no. No, no, that's not how that works. Especially if you're a person in power. It seems to happen a lot. 
Yeah. Anyways, all right. So after this song, uh, Frollo finds out that she has escaped, and then he starts a uh, a city hunt for Esmeralda. And starts finding Romani people, arresting them, and setting fire to places and whatnot. Just, and what, just to find her. Just to find her. Just to Nobody find else. Her. Yeah. He's got issues. He's got issues. Okay, so I've mentioned this in the last episode, uh, but the off-Broadway production of Huntsman of Notre Dame, this is the, at the end of Act One, is this hunt for her. And the song is called Esmeralda. And it is one of those songs, it's like a one day more friendly Miz. When you listen to it, especially the end, it is full body chills because you get the people of Paris singing. Or no, no, no. Well, I'm sorry. Well, you get the people of Paris like in it singing and whatnot. And then you get Frollo, Captain Phoebus, and Quasimodo. But what I love is in the song, they say that they sing all Paris burns for Esmeralda. And I, I don't know why that line is so good. Because that's what you said, right? He's, you know, pillaging all of Paris for one girl for Esmeralda. So all the cities burning for Esmeralda. Go listen to that song. Go listen to that whole that whole it album. A, it's it, so it has good. double meaning. Right. Yeah. Sorry, I know. I literally just stated the obvious. Yeah. They know you're right. No, no, you're good. Yeah. Um. Yeah. And so then we get where they find this house, and they said it's this um French family, and they were hiding Romani people. And, uh, or something in Frollo was like, oh, you know, there's rumors that you hide them. And then he said, we just help the traveler that comes, you know, like good Christian people do, should do. And then what happens is he locks them in there and then he tells Captain Phoebus to set it on fire. Yeah, that was messed up. That is some Nazi crap out there not even i mean more than just nazis yeah I mean. more well i thought of the patriot you know remember oh yeah that's they what I thought of all too. the people in the church and then they burnt that to me is the most frightening thing one of those frightening things but what i love about this scene though is we see phoebus and this is why i think i like him the most in this adaption where he has a choice and and in the stage production, they even say it's a, you get the narrators, which is actually the um, the gargoyles of of Notre Dame, which ha- which are saints uh, and martyrs of the Christian faith, which is really cool, isn't that cool? And those are the people. So instead of the, those are the gargoyles, like the statues, that they're the ones that narrate the story, and they um and they like help Quasimodo. It's really good. I will, I'll pro- we'll talk about it more because they're more involved in this. And, and, I, and I bring this up because I think Alan Menken also wrote the music for this and Stephen Schwartz wrote the lyrics for it, so I think I can add it with it. Anyways, all this to say is that in the stage production these statues say as they narrate, they say that Captain Phoebus um, knew that he must make a choice. And Captain Phoebus says, God help the outcasts or nobody will. And then we see Captain Phoebus then making a a stand in the movie here too, where he doesn't burn it. And I think that's so important because I think no matter what situation you're in, you have the choice to say no, no matter what the consequences are. And because of the consequences of this, Phoebus is going to be jailed or killed by Frollo for defying him and protecting these innocent people. Yeah. And that's just the. It's when you read people who do atrocious acts, but then they, um, you know, they either they're like, yeah, you, 
kill your family. We're gonna do this. We're gonna kill your family or whatnot. Yeah. It's just like that's really really hard. I remember watching this video about this guy who was a, a um he was a Nazi survivor or he he was he was a Jew and he um had and he survived the Holocaust and he was asking his kids like his kids were asking questions about it and they said he was he asked them like do you think you'd be able to do that and they were all like I would think so and he's like to well do the, what? to hide to, do what? Like, to hide Jews oh gotcha to, gotcha yeah to basically disobey the government for the sake of someone else right. and he's like and he told them he's like it's I he's like I don't even know if I would be able to do that he's like because right. they have families that they have to take care of too which is as much as you're trying to take care of your family yeah and so it's really it's a really hard decision and that's why war is ugly so Mm -hmm. anything like that is ugly i hear i hear a boo barking oh you do yeah he's barking (laughs) he's still alive he's still picking (laughs) yeah turning 15 in august um but yeah no and i agree with you and that's the thing is where it's easy to judge you know i think of uh, again, this and this is the perfect, ex- not the perfect example, the example we always go to, but of course there are other examples, but you know, you have a Nazi, a Nazi soldier and his captain tells him to shoot this Jewish family and, you know, what's his choice? Because if he doesn't, then, you know, they kill him too along with it, right? And that's the thing is I, until I'm in that situation, I couldn't obviously judge it, but in my mind, I would say there is still that you have that choice of right or wrong, regardless if it costs you your life. And right. that's what I think Phoebus, and that to me is, uh, would be the most noble thing. Of course, I can't judge anyone for that, but we see Captain Phoebus taking that route and saying, "No, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna do that," right. and uh, it's gonna cost him his life, you know, in a way. Um, yeah. So yeah, so I really look up to him for doing that because I don't know if I could do that. Yeah. Um, and then he, he, he gets attacked. Um, yes, he does. Trollo, and he goes and. Uh, essentially, it happens is that Quasimodo and Esmeralda find him, help him, help him, nurture him, and poor Quasimodo, who thought that he was the one that Esmeralda would fall in love with. He has uh, feelings. He oh, has feelings, okay. just like we all have had feelings in our twenties. <laughs> when we're when we're twenty, is he sorry, seventeen or twenty? He's, He's 20. twenty years old. We all what have feelings. Twenty. What a child. Can't even buy alcohol. Oh, to be oh to be young and feel love's cruel sting. And not he, sore when I mm-hmm. he's sore when I wake up every morning. <laughs> but he um but he he thinks that Esmeralda and him are gonna get together and uh when he finds out that uh Phoebus and Esmeralda have a thing together and not like um not like Frollo, he is disappointed, but then he realizes right, that's like, a good point. Hey, like I'm not like we're we're good, you know. He obviously was hurt, and everyone yeah. everyone gets hurt by emotional feelings and love, right? Uh, and the heart. It's but he, yeah, exactly. exactly. But um, but yeah, he gets his heart broken, and it's unlike Frollo though. He doesn't burn down the whole city because of it. Yeah, he's like, I'm gonna work on myself. I'm still yeah. gonna do the right thing. <laughs> Because There's this is a much bigger problem, problem. And I'm happy for her. Yeah, <laughs> yep. exactly. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. But that song, that song though, where they sing, I could do without it. That didn't make it into the stage production, and I'm happy. You know yeah. what I'm talking about? Right. I'll give it a C, a C maybe, C minus yeah. for songs. Uh, 
that in that. But uh, but right, and then um, but I do like Captain Phoebus, and I do like Esmeralda together. Uh, it makes me happy, even though I do feel bad. But he's definitely friend zoned. Uh, hard. Oh yeah, totally. Because she's like, you're beautiful, but then he's like, or he's like, there's nothing wrong with you, but then he thinks that that is. That's another thing. If a guy compliment, if a girl compliments you, that does not mean that she's into you. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's a good point, right? There's lots of life lessons here today. As well as a, a smart, or I mean, sorry, not a smart, a kind person. She's smart too, but yeah. she's a very kind person. So anyway, so then um, she escapes, and then I think she says they're going to be like in the, I don't, I don't know, the court of miracles or something. But then this part gives me a lot of anxiety, or this part did, when Frollo comes in, and then Quasimodo shoves Phoebus underneath a table, and then it's like one of those things where, because Quasimodo has to act super normal, and he's not, and Frollo knows something's up, and of course he knows that he helped Esmeralda escape, and they do like their, um, you know, their lunch or dinner, whatever they're going to have, and Frollo calls him out on it. And he says, oh, well, don't worry, though, because, I, you know, we found their hideout and we're going to attack them in the morning with all these soldiers. So then Frodo leaves and then Quasimodo and Phoebus are like, well, we have to go warn them. And so then they figure out it's a map and then they go to where the Romani people are at. And it's in this cemetery, right? Or like a mausoleum, something like that, where they go inside it. And then after that... Um, once they find this mausoleum and people, they get ambushed by the Romani people, which the part freaked me out when I was a kid, seeing all the bones and whatnot, and uh, and then they sing the song, kind of taunting them, saying that like, oh, you know, you found us, but you're never gonna live to see the t- or never gonna live to tell anyone or tell the tale, and then they're gonna hang them, and then who else comes to save the day? None other than Esmeralda. And she's like there, the, and then... Like the caring person she is. Right, she's like, hey, stop that. She's like, don't kill this them This isn't either. cool. Right? And so then, as she does that, um, Phoebus and Cosimodo say that, um, what's his name? Frollo's gonna be there in the morning, and they say, okay, let's get ready to go, and then Frollo shows up, and he's like, just kidding, we're here already, and you let us here. And so then we get all the Romani people arrested, and Esmeralda arrested, and uh, everyone except Quasimodo are the only people that get arrested. And then it's the next yeah. day. Yeah, because he's on top of the he's on top of the tower of Notre Dame, looking down because Quasimodo, sorry, because uh, Esmeralda and Phoebus are going to get burned at the stake, which was yeah a common death back in the day. That yeah, idea exactly. is so I being burned alive for an execution. And people will come watch it. Think about that. People would literally go watch public executions. That's just what you did. You know? It's so I mean, bizarre to me. I don't know. I mean, I guess I listen to the Would you crime. not do that? Would you not do that? I don't think I would. I don't think I'd go, well, they're hanging the, the, the murderer today. Let's go to the court or, you know, to the town square and see the hanging, you yeah. know? I don't oh, think I would do it. I think it. I think it depends on the murder itself. Okay. <laughs> well, I'm okay, listen. Like, if you're getting your head chopped off, that's fast and easy, and I mean, it's a little bit of blood, but not a terrible amount. And uh, so you don't hear like the cries and the screams of humanity. But if you feel like if you're burned at the stake, or I mean, even hanged, hanged would be interesting too, just because of the struggle. And also depends what the person did, you know. 
I know I'm trying, even, I'm not so trying to justify if, what I did. No, I was going to say, but even if, like, let's say I knew who, like, what this, let's say they killed 10 people, even if I knew that, I don't think I could go to the execution of that person and watch it right. unless maybe they, like, did something, they killed, you know, my brother oh, or right. something like that. I and then I was like, I want to see justice or what? Unless, unless I know they're going to be historically famous, so I can tell my grandchildren I saw them get murdered. Get executed. Anyways, yeah. but yeah, no, it's, it's, I don't know, it's bizarre. Think of like the Salem witch trials where they, um, they hanged, I don't think they burned anyone at the stake, that one, but they hanged people and people would watch it and that's just what they did. And so that's going to happen in this story too, where it's the morning and Esmeralda is going to be burned at the stake and she's there. And what color is she wearing? All white, which is very, um. Which I don't know if that's what they normally did, but it's, you know, again, there's that um, that innocence where that purity, and she's going to be destroyed by the flames, all because yeah. Frollo is a terrible person. Uh, but luckily, yeah. Well, and then and then I remember Quasimodo is chained up in the bell tower. That's right. And then, uh, and then he has a he, Samson moment. Oh, I didn't think of that. You're right. Mm-hmm. Break the pillars. Yeah. Well, so and in so in this the gargoyles um they encourage him, you know, hey, you need to you need to go help and he goes, "No, anytime I help, you know, just it, I make it worse." And then essentially, you know, he tells him to leave him alone and they say, "Fine. We'll leave you alone." And I think the line that they say, which is actually in the stage production too, because in the stage production it's the saints and the martyrs encouraging him to go and he says, "No, like you you know, you guys might have done all this stuff, but I can't do this." And then he says, and he says this in the movie where he says, um, you guys, you know, you're just made of stone. And then the gargoyle and in this, and the saint in the, in the stage production says, or the saints say, yes, we are made of stone, but we thought you were made of something stronger. And that's so powerful that they say that. And then that's kind of the thing where then they turn into stone and then that's when Quasimodo just flips. And then he has, you know, his, um, his moment where he tears down the, the fetters uh, and uh, and goes down to save Esmeralda, but when that has happened, she has already started burning at the stake. Um, and uh, and he's but then he gets her out, and then there's this big war kind of that starts happening, a lot of action, and the colors like the burning, the red starts happening, yeah. and then he takes Esmeralda up into the tower uh, to heal her. And freeze Captain Phoebus and freeze all the other people. And then there's this war of Notre Dame onto Frollo and the soldiers down. And we get, you know, they pour the molten lead on the streets. Um, and then they, I think he locks down, he locks or something. They, they, somehow he, they lock he, it. Lock, he locks the doors. He pushes the priest down. Like, come on, man. He didn't yeah. do anything wrong. Right. And then, uh, and then they try to get into the, uh, into the church. And, uh, anyways, but then, um, Esmeralda's there and she's not waking up and in the stage production, she actually does die because in the movie, she does die. And in this, she doesn't, she lives, although we think she dies here. And I don't know the book. I don't know. I think there's a little more power to it if she does die. Um, yeah, it's just not you the know? same. Yeah. I don't know. Like, cause I think that, she, Yeah. Yeah, so I think that it would be cooler. She, I mean, the impact is more is because 
because that's how life really happens. A lot of it, there's yeah. a happy ending, and so sometimes the evil person wins. And um, in battles, and that's just how life is. So yeah. I understand why it would would have been more satisfying to, to for her to die. Well, and and two, then her sacrifice really means something. And of course, she didn't know she was gonna die. She thought she or no, she was gonna live. She thought she was gonna die. So her sacrifice, right. you know, really was. And actually, in the stage production, but is remember, I think I talked about in the beginning where my favorite song of all time is "Someday" from The Hunchback of Notre Dame. And this is also known as Esmeralda's song as well. And she sings this on in the stage production when she's by herself. And actually, Phoebus shows up in it too. But she's singing the night before, the day before execution, and that's the thing where the the song goes like, "Someday, when we are wiser, when we are older, when the world has learned, I pray, um, we may like we may live and le- learn to live and let live." And you know, the our prayer, the prayer we all share is our prayer for something better is the one thing we all share, and I think that's what's so powerful too. And that song is in the movie soundtrack towards the end because it's in the it's in the the credits. But I think that's power, powerful. Where you know, if she does die, she knows that she's dying, hoping that a better day is going to come. And that day is not now, but it will be. And I think that's relevant to to today as well, where we're fighting for justice, we are fighting for equality, we are fighting for wrongs to be made right and for justice and it sucks and we're exhausted and we're frustrated and we're trying to push forward and someday that's going to happen. Someday it will be, but we press on and some of us may not be here for that. Some yeah. of us are going to be lost on the way. And that's what Esmeralda, where she knows she's going to possibly be lost on the way. Right. And that's why I think it's more powerful. She dies because then her death is even more of a statement where we have this pure good person dying mm-hmm. at the hands of a wicked and just person, unjust person. But also she lives. It's fine. You know, we get the idea as well. Um, yeah. Yeah. So, um, so she lives and, uh, then we get this fight between Frollo and Quasimodo on the ledge and then Frollo and Quasimodo are fighting on the ledge and then Frollo ends up, you know, hanging onto this like gargoyle and then, uh, dying. He falls into the fire from Notre Dame, which is kind of, you know, uh, very, uh, he falls into the hellfire. Yeah. He falls into the hellfire. And, you know, and in the, in the Christian Catholic religion, very much so he would be going to hell because he was not a Christian in any way. The Protestant would be doing the same thing, so. Yeah. Well, that's what I meant by Christian. I'm sorry. I use Christian, Protestant interchangeably. Protestant, Catholic, yeah. Um, And Orthodox. So we'll add them to all under our Christian umbrella. And, um. Anyways, and so we get that. And what's creepy is that gargoyle turns into like a nasty face. Yeah, like a demon. Like a demon, right? Taking him down. And I think, you know, and I think uh, Furlo deep down knew that that's what was going to happen at the end of his life. I don't know. Because in the beginning of the movie, we get where it says that, you know, he fears for his, he feared for his mortal soul. And I think we get that full circle again where, yep, you did. And you didn't change at all, actually, because you could have changed with Quasimodo and, you know, bettered your life and become a Christian better, you know, whatever. Yeah. Christian, like a true Christian. And you didn't. And now this is your consequences. And you know what, dude, you actually deserve it because you were about to annihilate all of these innocent people. So yeah, he didn't understand grace or that concept. No, no, and, right. And 
Because, I mean, his whole thing, he thought that he was, his job was to cleanse the world of sin and shame. It's like, that's nobody's job, by the way. That's not your job to do it. Right. And your and like your way of doing that is to spread the gospel, not to not like like the the, the Christian, yeah, 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 not right, by exactly. not by not by purifying burning it, people. like yeah, yeah, by burning people, yeah, exactly. Right, yeah. that's a good point. Yeah, and uh, and so we get yeah his his due justice here and then uh essentially after that we get where it's the next morning somehow even though it was nighttime and then they come out and the people are there and then uh ever you know quasimodo excuse me quasimodo is accepted in society and everyone loves him and cheers for them and that's kind of the end of the story uh we just get where they're just kind of moving on from that because the villain has been defeated and uh we get Again, the reprise of the Bells of Notre Dame still ringing. And, uh, yeah, that's kind of it. No, is it? Right, because I guess, yeah, there's nothing really more that yeah. happens. They just come out, and then it's happy, and then this little girl comes out and greets Cosimodo, and everyone loves him and accepts him, and they, you know, praise him for being a hero, and they're all like, hey, let's uh, try to be better people. Yeah, and they live okay, seven more years before the plague. Although there's a I'm second, and there's a second movie, too. Yeah, it's one of those like it's one of those like lesser second sequels like all those movies in the 90s yeah they're like we need to make money uh, yeah or whenever it came out oh let's see when it came out yeah. hunchback the hunchback of Notre Dame 2 oh crap lost in this New is York the <laughs> <laughs> hunchback of Notre Dame 2 Disney no he gets a girlfriend actually in this I know he does it came out oh guess what it got in Rotten Tomatoes uh, 30. Yeah. Really? Literally 30%. Oh, yeah. Nice. Uh, and it came out in 2002. Yeah. So it says the oh, film was oh, set in oh, oh, time in American history. <laughs> yeah. Right. The film was set in 1508, six years after the event. So he's 26 in this. Good man. And Phoebus uh, and Esmeralda have married. We have the, another parent of a six year old son. Dang, so they got to work right away. <laughs> well, I mean, you kind of had to back then because you had like 10 more years before your life expect life expected. True, it's true. They already beating the odds. Oh, I'm going to have to watch this. Oh, that's nice. They give him kind of a happy story or something here. Yeah. Anyways, well, um, yeah, so that's the Hunter of Notre Dame. And I think what is... Again, and I'm bringing up the stage show. I know I'm broken record, but in the stage show, this is, I think, the biggest theme is what makes a monster and what makes a man. And that's what they say at the end of the the stage production. That's kind of right before the bells, the reprise of the bells. And I think that's very much so here where it's, you know, it's not on the outside. It is very much your your soul and your being and your character. That's what matters. And that's what, you know, not your position or you know, or how you look, right? Physically, all of that stuff. It's you as like as a being, you're being in character, and uh, of course, because Quasimodo on the uh, physically on the outside, he's you know, quote unquote, deformed and a hunchback and whatnot. And because Frollo was a you know, like normal looking guy, quote unquote, I guess, uh, you know, but he was really the monster, and Quasimodo was not. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. Any thoughts, Slav? 
Yeah, I think that this movie was really important for us, or for me yeah. personally, at yeah. our time. And it's it's cool to see like a Disney movie get things right. I suppose mm-hmm. you know, and sure. um, and yeah, and it's a really great story. I think they did. I mean, I've never read The Hunchback of Notre Dame, so I don't know. Like, I don't know Victor Hugo's full. Maybe I should read it. Well, it's a funny classic. you say that, but I actually read that his descendants hated it. This adaptation. really, yeah, and I think. Well, I think it was more okay, but who can like? Okay, that's ridiculous. I agree. <laughs> It's like one of well, and this is the thing, and, and the reason why, which is I think was kind of dumb. It said that his Victor Hugo's name wasn't on the poster, and that's why they had beef with Disney. Which is like, okay, oh, so then yes, you're just not gonna like grab. it. Yeah. The dude yeah, died in the mid eighteen hundred in eighteen eighty five. Please, he was born in eighteen o two. So you only tell me that your great great grandchildren who don't even know you or who are alive. That's ridiculous. That's sad. Have you ever seen that picture of Charles Dickens' yeah, descendants? His, yeah, his grandchildren. With his statue. I love that. I've seen that. I love it so much. It's like the coolest thing, you know, yeah. to do that. And so I'm like, yeah, I forget people, you know, your descendants of these people. They had children. And yeah. Well, I think we don't realize how, like, these people did not live such a long time ago, you know? And it, yeah, no, it really wasn't a long time ago. <laughs> I mean, you're. I mean, yeah, you're what three grandpas away or four away, which is like mm, not terrible yeah. because our, you know, our was a grandpa. Our grandpa was born in 1920, and then yep. his, and so then his parents were born, you know, in 1800s. Yep. Or like 1900, like you know, because he was. Bo- I think he was born like 1926. My our, our grandpa. I mean, that's the Roaring Twenties that we're talking about. It's a hundred years ago now. Um, yeah. and he's passed on, got rest his soul now, but you know, he's still, so like, so let's not, and so then, and then you're talking about then their parents. Yeah. You're, I mean, you're talking like, yeah, that could be my, Victor Hugo could be our fourth grandparent away. We don't know. Right. But, um, yeah. yeah, I think not a very good reason to be upset, but I mean, look, oh my, what do we expect? What do we want yeah. here? What do yeah. We yeah, no, it's a great story. Yeah, I, I I love this. Uh, definitely my favorite album, and um, or one of my favorite albums. Definitely my favorite animated, or one of them. Top two, I would think. Yeah, because I love how dark it is. Because I like dark. Don't we all? Features. Yeah, don't we all? Right. Anyways, so um, wow, that was quick. That was a little. That'll be a quick episode. Well, we're yeah. like almost forty minutes. Yeah, that's quick for us. Yeah, it is quick for us. Well, yeah, we wanted to finish it off, and I think we did, you know, we said a lot in the last one, and I think that really, you know, says it. And um, keep fighting for justice and standing up for people who can't speak for themselves, and, um, you know, yeah, keep fighting yeah. the fight. So, yeah. all right, well, um, you can follow us on Instagram at storm.thecastle. You can follow Josue on social medias. At Josue B. Valadez, and you can follow me on the social medias at Call Me Brandon V. So, yeah, thank you everyone so much for uh, listening in. We really appreciate all of our listeners and for people who reach out to us and talk to us about it. It means a lot. And um, we will see you next time in the castle. <laughs>